Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thanks so much for spending a bit of your time with me today to talk about loving food and still losing weight. One of the big reasons we don't execute on the changes we want to make is because we've convinced ourselves that we're missing out, and we don't want to miss out on enjoying food or on indulging And oftentimes our perspective is very black and white, binary. It's either I enjoy food and indulge or I don't and I choose my goals. And this conversation came up recently in a Facebook conversation between me and one of my clients in the Primal Potential Masters Club. And I asked her if I could share parts of our conversation here on the podcast because I think it's a real barrier to success and it doesn't have to be. And I think with some fairly straightforward perspective changes, we can really advance when this is our struggle. I certainly don't share the majority of the conversations that happen inside these groups, but every once in a while, what happens is one of the conversations really sticks with me. And I find myself thinking about it and strategizing about it and thinking about my own experience with the issue and other clients' experience with the issue. And this was one of those ones that's just kind of following me around. And that is kind of what tells me we need to talk more about this. So this particular client, she loves food and I do too. And at the moment that she messaged me, she was kind of struggling with how to enjoy food and train yourself not to overeat it when you get so much pleasure out of it and the emotions and the fears behind that. So whether it's a fear of missing out or a sense of deprivation or somehow that you're not getting enough That's what I want to help you with today. But before we jump into it, I have a couple of updates for you. I want to thank you all so much for your feedback on the third anniversary episode. I won't go into the specific things I asked for feedback on. You can go and listen to that episode that aired on 7-11, July 11th. For that, in short, one of the things I asked about is, would you enjoy hearing more of the blogs on audio? And the answer was overwhelmingly, yes, yes, yes. Because I do these daily blogs where I share my days, how appropriate, um, my random thoughts, what I eat, how I work out, etc. cetera. Um, but I know more people listen to the podcast than go to the blog. So you said, yes, please give us audio. And I figured out how to do it, which I'm really excited about. Because here's the thing, I have been wanting a way to deliver more short-form, casual, on-the-fly audio to you guys, whether that's the daily blogs or random thoughts throughout the day, uh, the weekends, but in a way that I could maintain that would work given my time and my bandwidth. Some of you suggested a separate podcast. 
Uh, but there's just too much that goes into that for me to be able to commit to that, whether it's intros, outros, updating, uploading, naming, artwork, that ain't happening. But I do have a desire to give you guys some more of what you wanted in terms of what do my weekends look like and how do I handle dating somebody who eats differently than I do or just dating in general with fat loss goals and all that that means in terms of travel and going out to eat. Um, And I don't want to do that that kind of casual personal stuff on the podcast. And I wanted to do more of it than I incorporate on the Monday through Friday blog. So the solution is there's this app called Anchor. And you don't have to have the app, although that might be easiest. You can listen to it online. Uh, And I've started an Anchor channel, which I will link to in the show notes for this episode. And also, when you want to listen to the daily blogs, if you're on the website, it'll link over to the Anchor channel. So I'm super excited about that. Sharing little thoughts. Um, This morning, I was sharing a random thought on going to the gym despite being injured, et cetera, et cetera. Just random stuff. I plan on doing some updates over the weekend, which I'm usually much more radio silent on the weekends. So I'm excited about the Anchor channel. I will say this. I'm still sort of figuring it out. It looks like the stories last for 24 hours, kind of like Instagram stories. But I do have the ability to then combine, say, like a day's worth and make them permanent. So bear with me while I figure it all out. But if you're interested in more of the personal short form audio, check out the Anchor channel. Also, the majority of you loved the idea of me doing some free coaching calls every month and airing them on the podcast. So I will be moving forward with that in the month of August. Stay tuned. I'll give you all the details when it is ready to go. And lastly, before we dive into the meat of today's episode, Ascend, the live transformation weekend event where we get together to stop wasting time and start changing your life in a real actionable way that is going to go on sale. Tickets for Ascend are going to go on sale within the next two weeks. Here's the thing. Space is super, super limited. So if you are even a little bit interested, get on the wait list. You can get on the wait list because it's only going to be available to 80 people, 8-0, men and women. Primalpotential.com forward slash Ascend17. Ascend17, that's A-S-C-E-N-D-1-7. I will link to that in the show notes for today's episode as well. It will be in Boston, technically Cambridge, but it's Boston, uh, November 3rd and 4th of this year. The 2nd, the evening of November 2nd, we will have like a casual little reception, meet and greet, drinks, food, etc. And then workshops all day Friday, all day Saturday, but again, only for eight zero people. So if you want to be one of the first ones to get all the info and have a chance at attending, make sure you are on the wait list. All right, on to today's topic. And I am just going to dive in with the post that I referred to a few minutes ago that prompted me to create this episode. This was posted to me by one of my current Masters Club clients in our private Facebook group. This is what she said. E.B., I was just re-listening to podcast episodes 360 and 361, and they hit home. First, thank you. These were very much needed for narrowing my focus on my own progress. I've been up and down with consistency. However, the five days of excellence was a really great week, and I'd like to recreate that. 
pause and reading her post here, guys. For those of you that are wondering what the five days of excellence thing is, it was a challenge we did within the Master's Club in early July. Anyway, continuing with her post, just wanted to clarify that for you. This is what she said. Looking back in my tracking documents, I see that sometimes I'm quantifying my hunger, but not always. Also, that I'm vague with portion sizes. I think I'm overeating or eating to maintain, as the case may be. That said, I also like eating a lot of food, aka I'm a volume eater. I get freaked out when portions are what I consider too small. I notice that I tend to overeat at night and on days after long hours at work. Over the winter, I was making steady progress when I was pre-portioning meals, yet I felt rebellion against it to some degree. Ultimately, I saw it as a burden. In 361, episode 361, you talked about focusing on the positive and negative perspectives of change, carrying a burden versus releasing one. Honestly, this scares me, letting go of bigger portions of food. Even typing that, I hear how strange that sounds, but I do want to get to the bottom of this and I want to feel amazing. I ultimately want to release this as a burden. What are your thoughts on transitioning to smaller portion sizes and shifting perspective. Thank you. First thing I want to do is share with you guys the voice note that I actually responded to her with, and then I'm going to give you a couple of my thoughts on it. So listen to the actual voice note that I responded with and posted in our Facebook group. I wanted to take a second and weigh in on your question Um, and this is just sort of off the cuff. You bring up a lot of great points. I'm most interested in the, you get freaked out when portions are too small. Um, I'd love for you to dive deeper into why. One of the things I know for myself And I've had this experience too. My sister and I joke about it regularly. If we go to a restaurant, we order a salad and it's small. We're like, okay, send two. Um, When portions are too small, at the end of the day, if you are still hungry after you eat, eat more, right? So really there's nothing to fear. But I think what's more than that is one of the reasons we overeat is because we like food and we like what we're eating. Does your enjoyment of food increase or decrease with the more you eat of it? I know for me personally, and I'm not suggesting it's this way for you, but I'm suggesting that you look at this, my enjoyment of food actually decreases as I eat more of it. So what I know for me is that the first few sips of wine or the first few sips of a cocktail are the best. The first few bites of a meal, the first couple bites of ice cream are the best. And then after that, it diminishes. And I don't know if that's just I'm paying less attention or that pleasure factor doesn't stay sustained throughout. And so when I have this urgency, and I think a lot of mine is just Uh, repetition from when I was younger and and my mom restricted how much I would eat. Uh, So so I will notice this urge to like get more, have more. And then I remind myself the beginning is really the best. And after that, I don't enjoy it as much. And that is a practiced perspective that helps me when I feel that I want more sense of urgency to be like, well, why? And a huge, huge part of this 
is slowing down. And I don't mean literally slowing down the pace at which you eat, although I think that can be a big part of it, but slowing down your mind. Because so often we just rush through these thoughts so quickly that we don't ever question them. And and it goes back to what I've talked about in the podcast in terms of like communicating a little bit dishonestly with yourself. We accept something to be true before we've really questioned it. And so when we have this sense of like, I want more and more is better and less is bad and I get nervous with lower por- with smaller portion sizes or the idea of eating less feels like a burden to me, a lot of times that's an incomplete thought. We've just chosen it so many times, but the reality is when we take the time to slow down and say, do I enjoy food more when I'm hungry or when I'm not hungry? I know for me, food tastes better when I sit down to a meal and I'm really, really hungry than it does when I'm not. So like the best part is when I'm really hungry, not when I'm overeating. And what is the best part of a meal for me? The first few bites are always where I get the most enjoyment. So I think the biggest part of this is slowing down your thoughts a little bit. And then the second part of it is really figuring out for yourself When do you love food the most? What is the most enjoyable to you? And then realizing like there's nothing to fear. If you're hungry, you can eat more. But do you get more pleasure out of the, you know, the last 10 bites where you might not need it or you might not be hungry? Or do you get more pleasure from um, feeling like you're making progress and you're feeling really proud of yourself? Those are all things to consider as part of this reframe. Let me know if that helps at all. I'm happy to kind of dive into this more, but those are just my initial thoughts off the cuff. Have a great day. The big thing that I want you guys to think about after hearing her initial question, my first response, do not accept your fear as a stopping point. I don't want to eat less because it scares me, because I might get hungry, because I love food. That is not the end, guys. That is the beginning. And it's not just related to fear. Sometimes we have a resistance to drinking less wine or choosing dessert or starch, but not both because we don't want to give it up. But guys, that is not the end of the conversation. It is the beginning of the conversation. In and of itself, it's an incomplete thought because you're not thinking about, well, do I enjoy it more the more I eat? Or is it possible that I enjoy the first bit the most or that the more I eat, the less I enjoy it? Is that possible, right? Not only that, but what you're missing is the repercussions and how you feel about that. I know for me, I would tell myself all the time that I love to eat, I love to eat, I love to eat. But what I wasn't considering in that was I hated being overweight. I hated feeling like I didn't have self-control. I hated feeling like food had more power than I did. I hated that. When I would eat too much, I'd regret it. I'd have no energy. I'd feel lethargic and I would be beating myself up over what I could have done or should have done. And I always had this sense, this burden that I was missing out on the progress I should have been making and on the life I really wanted. So don't just accept these stories you've been telling yourself about how once you start drinking wine, you can't stop or that, you know, you hate it when you see a small portion or that, you know, you love carbs or whatever it is. That is only one small part of the story. Keep going. That is the beginning. That is the beginning. So she came back with a voice note to me and I'm not going to play it, but I'm going to summarize some of the key points of what she said. She said, as to why she feels scared 
to eat less. She feels like it's because of the pleasure she gets out of it. And she thinks if it is less food, then it will also be less pleasure. To which I say, is that true? Is it true? Does your experience tell you that the more you eat, the more pleasure you have? Maybe that is true, but don't just assume so. She also said that food really brings her this joy and there's not much else in her life that does, right? She's working. She's taking care of a home. She's got a hundred million things going on. And food is one of the solitary things that brings her pleasure, which I totally understand and I'll talk more about in a minute. And then the last thing she really mentioned is that it's probably true that she enjoys food less the more she eats it. She acknowledges that there probably is this diminishing return with the more she eats, but she's not paying attention when she's eating, so she doesn't recognize that until afterwards. And so her question to me was, How do you start doing this? How do you go from, I think this might be the case, to I'm actually living it? And before I play back my response to her, I want to point out a couple things that I want you guys to think about. What foods does the, did you get a sense of increasing pleasure the more you eat, if any? And what foods is there less? I will tell you for me, there is nothing And I love food, like legit. There is nothing that the more I eat of it, the more pleasure I get. The reality is, for me personally, the more I eat, the less pleasure. Because there's two things going on here. Number one, that point of feeling full or stuffed or like I overdid it never, ever, ever feels good. And number two, when I have a little bit of something I really, really love, not only did I get the pleasure, but then I also have a tremendous sense of pride and satisfaction that I didn't overdo it. So I actually can double my pleasure when I eat less, okay? The second point about food being really one of the only places where she can give herself that great feeling, I get it. For me, when I was obese, food was the only way I gave myself pleasure, right? And that's not sustainable or healthy. So what are some other ways that you can really satisfy yourself? And let your imagination run wild here, guys. But seriously, it is not healthy for the only thing in the day where you feel that sense of like, oh, that was so good to come from food. It's not sustainable and it's not healthy. So let's take the focus off the food for a second and say, what else is there that can give us that sense? I mean, obviously, I'm sure everybody right now is talking about thinking about sex, and that's legitimate. That is one way. But it can also be simpler than that. Sex can be simple for people too, but a hot shower, a trip to the driving range to just be outside and hit some golf balls, a walk, a manicure or pedicure, whatever it is for you, find other ways to get those thin slices of joy. Here's the second voice note that I sent to her. Hey girl, so many good thoughts and questions you had in your last response. And I know one of the things you, you wanted to know about was how I moved beyond, you know, this sense of more is more to less is more. And I think for me, it was just recognizing that 
while yes, I found a lot of pleasure in eating, it was momentary. So the micro was, I want to keep eating because I'm liking it. But the macro was, I'm really fucking unhappy, right? The macro was, what makes me feel my best is to be living into my potential and not holding myself back. And I'm not willing to trade that momentary happiness for unhappiness overall. Now, I'm not saying that's your experience, but for me, that's what it was. Transitioning from telling myself, I love food, I love to eat, you know, I've never not cleared my plate, that mentality, that story I told, to really recognizing that doesn't make me happy because I wasn't happy. And I felt like food had all of the control in my life. Food had all of the priority in my life. And other things didn't get to have priority because of the role of food. Things like joy, things like confidence, things like feeling sexy. And I just wasn't willing to make that trade-off anymore. Tactical ways for you to kind of move into approaching this. And again, these are just Throwing ideas out there, none of them might resonate, you know, you might prefer one over the other. The great thing that you have in your corner is that you, you are a chef, right? I'm sure you've had an experience going to a restaurant where the portions have been very small, but the food was so incredible that you were super, super satisfied. So what if taking the concept of the five amazing days overall five amazing days of food. And instead of good food in high volume, you intentionally choose great food, amazing food in lower volume to prove to yourself that when you slow down, it's not that you fear there not being enough food. It's that you're just not really tuned into the the pleasure tipping point. And when you have those experiences where you sit in a restaurant and you have smaller portions, but it's amazing, you're so hyper-focused on that food and the pleasure of it that it's enough. So taking the five amazing days and kind of applying it to food and swapping out good food that you enjoy eating, foods you love that love you back, but eating them in high volumes to leveling it up to amazing food, takes a little bit more time, but it might be really worth it. The other thing is switching from the perspective, consciously choosing that you will not live a perspective, a life based on a perspective of it's not enough, there's not enough, I'm not enough, I don't have enough to, there's always more than enough. The food on my plate is always more than enough. The way that I am, what I do, what I achieved today, it's always more than enough. Transitioning from a more macro level, from the perspective of lack and fear and want to the perspective of, which is a reality, whether you choose the perspective or not, tremendous fucking abundance in your life. Because it's all relative, right? But we can convince ourselves we don't have enough. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough food. We don't have enough pleasure. We don't have enough joy. We have more than enough of all of it if we're looking at it the right way. And I also agree with you about finding things that bring you joy. And just yesterday, um, I shared on a podcast recently that I have a boyfriend. So 
I, I'm happy to share more about that, even though it always makes me a little bit uncomfortable. But anyway, uh, yesterday, my boyfriend asked what I wanted to do, and I was like, I want to go fishing. And it was interesting to me. I was sitting there. We had one fishing pole, so he was casting, and every once in a while I was reeling it in, but I was totally fishing. I was actually playing in tide pools more than anything. But I was laying on the rocks, and I was thinking, you know, we've been out here for hours, no food, no drinks, and that's great. It wasn't like, oh, this would be better if we had snacks. This would be better if we had a picnic. Like, nah, we had lunch and we're fine. And just reminding myself that there are some things that I get so lost in. It's just exactly perfect as it is and it has nothing to do with food. So finding those moments of perfection, like you said, whether it's out in the woods. For me yesterday, it was it was fishing. Um the night before, Friday night, it was at a concert. And I didn't need to get a drink. I didn't need to have a snack. I didn't need to get up in between bands and get something to eat. It was just perfect to be outside and be in in the moment. And a lot of that is perspective. Because I could have told myself, oh, this would be better if I had a drink. This would be better if I had, you know, no. It is enough if you choose that perspective. And so that, that, is a, that is a choice and that is a practice. Anyway, love you tons. Talk to you soon. So I shared with you guys at the top that a big part of the reason I wanted to share this interaction with you is because I was thinking about it so much after the fact. And I was thinking about the idea of less but better. Less food but better, Right. Less eating, but better eating. And what I mean by that isn't just the quality of the food or the things you really love, but also the attention that you are giving to that food. Not eating in the car, not eating while you're working, not eating while you're watching TV. I really believe, and it has been true for me and many, many, many of my clients, you can enjoy food more when you eat less of it and when you are more selective. I want to talk about food standards for a second, and I'm 99.9% sure that I have never used this example on the podcast, but I'm going to, and it's the reason for the explicit warning, that and me mentioning sex a few minutes ago, but I've used this example with clients probably in my master's club as well. If it offends you, you can turn it off now. Like If you're easily offended or you have little people listening and you didn't notice the explicit warning, skip next, move on. But I want to talk about standards with food. And I want to do so in a way that might make you understand it a little bit differently. I am all for enjoying food that is really, really, really worth it. But when I was really struggling with my weight, I was eating food whether it was worth it or not. Which begs the question, what are your standards? Do you have standards? Will you just eat any cookie, even if it's not that good, just because it's there and because it's a treat, regardless of whether or not it's worth it or it's quality? Are you still going to the same fast food joint that you've had a million times and you don't even pay attention when you're eating it because you're you're talking to somebody, you're watching TV, you're driving? Standards. And the crass analogy that I think is very powerful is when I tell clients with whom I have a relationship and so I have the right to say this, and if you're still listening and you're easily offended, that's on you, not on me. Don't be a food whore. You love food. I get it. I do too. 
And you probably also love sex. But that doesn't mean that you will get sex from anybody who's offering it up or take it whenever the mood strikes from whoever is closest. You wouldn't do that. I hope. Please don't. Why wouldn't you do that? Because you'd feel awful afterwards. It's not right. It's not worth it. You have standards. We need standards with food. Don't be a food whore. And that is gender neutral. Have standards or raise your standards. Back to the interaction with my client. If you're tuning back in, you missed the explicit part. Actually, no, you didn't because there's a cuss word coming up. (laughs) Just kidding. Anyway, after we went back and forth with these voice notes, I posted back on that thread and I said, I read this quote today and it made me think of you. And you guys are going to want to know where it came from. I don't remember. Sorry. Uh, But the quote was, and what is fear of need? But need itself is not dread of thirst when your well is full, the thirst that is unquenchable. And I said this because we tend to approach life from the perspective of not having enough. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough food. We don't have enough energy. And I want to challenge everybody to remember you actually do have enough. You have more than what you need. But for as long as your perspective is lack, as long as your perspective is not enough, you're going to struggle. Here's how she responded to that quote, and then we'll wrap up. How beautifully put. This stopped me in my tracks just now. I listened and re-listened to your last voice note, and yes, I think a five days of excellence with focus on quality, not quantity, is a great idea and currently underway. More powerfully, and the real practice, is your point about abundance. It strikes a nerve every time it comes up in my life. Tremendous fucking abundance. There is nothing to fear. I've also just begun the practice of noting when a thought comes up that can trigger a cascade of other potentially harmful thoughts. Thanks, Headspace. And I've been and will continue for the next five days to note the beginnings of when I feel, quote unquote, less, and to explore that slowly and with patience. I want to gun through life with a brick on the gas and it just leads to crazy pants. I am slowing down and trying on the shoes of a more exploratory me. I will keep you posted on what this brings, but for now, thank you, thank you, thank you. Your thoughts and personal experience help tremendously. So guys, whatever this practice looks like for you, there are many different things you could pull from this episode to begin to implement in your own life. But at the end of the day, do something. Even if all you change is your perspective, change your perspective. Even if you pick one food standard, I won't buy any food at a gas station, that is a start. Pick someplace, start there, practice, and pay attention. Love you guys a lot. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash 
join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.